Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Truth is a New Hate. Time to get your hate on at eight. With Brother Paul and yours truly, Brother Joe. The following program is recommended for mature individuals and may contain material unsuitable for morons, cretins, and dishwipes. If you are a moron or a member of the PTL club, please turn off your radio because we don't need any more stupid, narrow-minded, pencil-necked geeks who wouldn't know the First Amendment if it came up and bit them on the butt? Thank you. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We're located at www.radio.thewatchman.us. 
where our broadcast stream is located along with a chat room, or www.thewatchman.us. Just click the Listen Live link. We are simulcasting at Talk Show, hosted by White Media. The show name is Truth is the New Hate. Yes, it is. That's located at www.talkshoe.com. You can easily find the broadcast by entering call ID into the research box at the top of any Talk Show webpage. And that number is 124-639. 124-639. From there, you may register as a guest or if you have a Talk Show account, sign in. This will allow you to listen to the broadcast as well as participate by either the chat room located there or you can just call in via landline, mobile cell phone, or VOIP. You may just listen and or participate in the broadcast. That phone number is 724-444-7444. That's 724-444-7444. And you will be prompted for the call ID number. And again, that number is 124-639-124-639. Then press the pound key. I urge your support of the number one and hardest working American Patriot Band in America, Poker Face. Go to www.pokerface.com, sample the affordable music offering, download the favorites. Welcome, everybody, to Truth is New Hate. I have to apologize. I'm a little late for Truth is New Hate. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you my excuse, teacher, okay? Uh, I've had tornado warnings here. I was out earlier, and when I came in, everybody was, you know, all the old-timers were saying, uh, oh, there's a tornado warning and all this kind of nonsense. And Well, not nonsense, but uh, and it, anyway, it got really bad here. It started to storm. And uh, the hydro went out for a little bit. So I'm here and it's getting dark and I'm sitting in the chair and I just lay down for a minute and sure enough, I dozed off. And I I, I, I woke up and just got everything gone. Okay. Folly, have I got you there, buddy? Okay. Sound a little Hello? bit broken. Hello. Was that better? Oh, yeah. That's a lot better there. So today is May the 11th, okay? Uh, remember, if you can't hear us on, uh, if it's breaking up over there on TalkShoe, the stream is always live at thewatchman.us. Don't forget to go to PokerFace.com. Paulie and the band's got his, all their wares there and information and news about upcoming shows and uh, different types of information. Be sure and catch Hellstorm, exposing the real genocide of, quote, Nazi Germany. The documentary of uh, put by Renegade Films that was adapted from the book uh, uh, called Hellstorm. That's done by Kyle Kyle Hunt. It's a direct adaptation based on the book, which is a good uh, if you want to buy a good book there uh, by Thomas uh, Goodridge. Okay, and uh, uh, you know. Uh, a lot of people, I was uh, they're 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 out there promoting this book, and a lot of people get on. Well, they did this, they did that, and, and you know this is not about that. This is not about who was right, who was wrong. This is what happened to the German people. Period. Okay, they tried to exterminate the German people. Very very simple. And today we have the carryover of the hellstorm mentality with people like uh, McCain, bomb 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 Iran. You know what we did to Kosovo and and I- Iraq and Libya. 
and uh, you know what they wanted, what they're trying to do to Syria, you know that type of nonsense there. So okay, and I want to say, remember uh, when he's on Sean Sarplus, two companies, trees, trees allowed at tctunleashed.com, and well, our buddy uh, Rich is gone right now, so Stormfront Northwest is fishing. <laughs> But on Fridays at 8 p.m. on the talk show on caller ID 132549, we've got uh, pro-white American radio, okay? So uh, that's what we got going there. So, Paulie, what's new, my man? Um, I don't know, brother. I've been busy planting, man. I'm uh, Mr. Farmer right now. Oh, you're farming. Hey, you you got to, you know what I mean? Like, uh, isn't, that, isn't that what America's supposed to be, you know, yeoman farmers? Uh, it's been for my family since they got in the early 1700s, man. As American was left, they were farming it to feed them. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I just looked out the window there, Paul, and uh, wow, what a uh, very – actually, it's kind of beauty, beautiful but kind of scary, you know, red and all kinds of colors in the sky as the, you know, just starting to turn dark. So, you know, but uh, – <laughs> The wind's down, and you can tell by the way the uh, the wind blows sometimes, uh, the way the leaves come up, where that storm's coming from. And uh, but uh, they're talking about tornado. It's, it was uh, cool here for a bit, and then it got really, really hot. I mean, uh, uh, dry and then damp, and uh, perfect, perfect uh, uh, situation for that. Anyway, I wanted to announce to everybody that uh, next week, okay, we're asked to do our show on uh, the Renegade uh, Broadcasting.com network next Monday. And uh, so at Renegade Broadcasting.com, you'll be able to hear the stream, do the call-ins. It's going to be through their blog talk, okay? they got a blog talk there. So let me undo Tom here. So what we're going to do is – Broadcast through there, simulcast through uh, the Watchman.us. Uh, he's going to stream through through their network on the Shoutcast plus their blog talk. And then when the show's done, it, it's automatically recorded, and then we'll throw it up here. So, uh, <laughs> I guess some people like us want to hear what we got to say there because, uh, you know, there was a, a a little bit of a stuff there between Cockroach Alley and the, and the guys when they first started up there. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, not to meant to be con- confrontational, but just, uh, you know, uh, hey, you know, this is, you shouldn't do this. This is wrong. This is right or whatever. And uh, not to tell them what to do, but, uh, you know, let's get the truthful information out there. Let's get on message here. And they're definitely on message. They've been on message for quite a while now. And, uh, you know, because uh, th- we're fighting for our lives here. You know, Paul? No, correct me, brothers, if they're wrong. Yeah, this isn't about if what religion you're at or anything else like that, uh, uh, you know, because in the, in the end, you know, if we fail, especially our younger generations, uh, they're going to die. You know, it's as simple as that. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. And, uh, you know, so uh, let's get our message about What's happening here? Who the real enemy is, and and you know basically, what the hell we're going to do about it? You know, and uh, stop uh, pussyfooting it around, pussyfooting around with all this other nonsense. Stop infighting, stop backbiting. Yeah, we're working together. 
Yeah, there's absolutely no need for it. You know, absolutely no no need for it. So, uh, you know, uh, let me get it I'll get out of there. So anyway, Paul, I was uh, going through some information and because uh, I don't have a TV, okay, and uh, I, I I had to uh, to see what's going on there and what's going on with Baltimore, right? And uh, who's our favorite uh, channel for information there is M- MSC. Was it MSNC, NCBC? MSNBC, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just sickening characters. And one of my favorite sickening characters is Melissa Harris. I don't know. She got five different names there. One of those octoroons trying to say she's black, part white, with, with a nice weave on, because that's what they try to do. You know, I don't know. She's kind of freaky looking. Some people say, well, she was... Uh, not bad when she was younger sort of deal, where I really don't care, okay? She's a freak, and to me, <laughs> she's a Marxist, and Marxists are definitely ugly. And uh, so I was going to break down this one show she did today, and uh, so I'm going to play a little bit, and then, and then we'll go through it. Okay, the idea is to show you how or- people, you know, this is unorganized. I'm going to show you how organized they are. <laughs> This, they're playing the same game on us that they did since I can remember from the 60s. It's, but, you know, just a little different veneer, a little different technology, but the same bling, the same people behind it, okay, the same stupid nonsense. So I'll be uh, playing and, and, and pausing and, and stuff like that, okay, just to, uh, 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 as we break this down here. So here we go. Good morning, I'm Melissa Harris-Perry. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan has called for a statewide day of prayer and peace today after a tumultuous week in Baltimore. Friday's announcement that the six Baltimore police officers involved in the death of Freddie Gray would all face criminal prosecution defied the expectations of many who have watched the outcome of similar cases in recent months. Okay, so see there, Paul, right away she's trying to say that, oh, this is similar because, you know, Another something happened to another thug, okay, or, or whatever his story is, okay, and uh, you know, oh, they're they're gonna they're gonna try and fry six police officers, okay, three of them are black, and I don't know if anybody's everybody's aware of this, but uh, you know, on CNN when they put the pictures out of these guys, they actually whited out the black looking ones. I mean, can you believe that? This is this. Go ahead, Paul. No, yeah, I do believe it, man. No, <laughs> push as much as they can. Feeding uh, black people is a thing that the uh, the the entertainment media conglomeration do all the time. I mean, I think they got caught uh, lighting up Beyonce, and she's already pretty light and negress. And uh, I guess she wasn't light enough. See, within, within the black hierarchy, with, with the Jew, the food chain needs to go up. Okay. For those people that keep talking about so much, they hate, they hate me. Well, some of them got half white, some of them have two. So, you know, they're not. They're so. Yeah. Yeah, must, uh, you're breaking up over here a bit, Paul. I know it's definitely on my end because I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. There's storms all around me. So, but, 
Uh, let's just try to get through this. Uh, let me turn it up. Okay. Yeah, so, and, and not only that, I mean, you know, this is an insult. Uh, you know, this, this is part of their agenda of, uh, 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 you know, uh, eliminating the races, not just our race, their race too, through race mixing. You know, they brought these people over as slaves. They knew exactly what they're doing. Now they're little pets, and they're using, using them as far as they're going to go with them, okay? And uh, in the end, they screw them also there, so... Uh, you know, but uh, so that's the thing. Yeah, the thing. Yeah, they'll take us all out. They'll take us all out. So, okay, let's play a little bit more of this. NPR's Gene Demby reported this week that Baltimore officials spent the week visiting neighborhoods in the city, trying to manage those expectations and dampen the potential disappointment of people who assumed charges against the officers would be a long time coming if they were ever brought at all. It was a sentiment echoed Thursday when during an interview with the nightly show's Larry Wilmore and United members of Baltimore's Bloods and Crips gang, one young man... So that is the spokesman there, the United Bloods and Crips gang. And they get to get... And they're on TV. And uh, this, this, is the, this is the voice of the young people in Baltimore, Paul the Bloods and the Crips. So, you know, uh, are we, is there any wonder that there's a riot going on there? You know? So, anyway, let's move on here. Express optimism. Yeah, you're breaking up there again, Paul. No, just like I said, it wasn't spontaneous. <laughs> the writing, it was planned and promoted. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm going to save that part for next week on Renegade to show you that now they're bragging about how it's a riot, and that is a new form for for TV to show the discontent, the discontent in uh, the uh, minority, underprivileged. You know, put all the little poor things that are against them, and this is the new way for them to do it, and. Uh, I even got them on there where they're complaining about that they the week or two weeks before the week before they had a uh, a uh, peaceful march of like ten thousand people and no cameras showed up. But then when they had hey, a riot, yeah, there's no news there, man. No news there, so they had to get a ride going. Okay, so anyway, let's move on a little bit more. This uh, uh, Melissa who wants who says that uh, children are the, your kids are the states, not yours. Okay. For them to do what they want with them. Of what he assumed would be defeat. When they hear the uh, police verdict um, Friday, don't give up because that's not the last investigation. Right. Tomorrow. It's a lot more investigations after that. Right. So keep the hope. Those assumptions, those expected outcomes, informed at least in part by the lessons of very recent history. In Chicago, where a judge acquitted the officer who shot and killed Rakia Boyd. In New York, where a grand jury decided not to file charges against the officer who placed Eric Garner in a banned chokehold. In Ferguson, where a grand jury decided not to file charges against an officer who shot Michael Brown. Where that decision... So I, that's not too biased, 
What do you think, Paul? I mean, you know, uh, where they decided not to. No, they didn't have any evidence of any wrongdoing. So, of course, they're not going to bring charges, you know? Right, man. But, I love how she says, officer. Officer. Oh, yeah. Officer. Yeah. Officer. Yeah. And her t- TV show, Paul, she got yeah, she got her hands moving and all this kind of stuff, like, uh, you know, like trying to hypnotize you, do some voodoo on your ass or something. Just dramatic bullshit, you know what I mean? So. Let's put the entrance, man. Yeah, right. And uh, so let's continue on with this Octoroon. She's not a black woman. She's an Octoroon. It was prolonged by St. Louis County Prosecutor Bob McCullough unusual choice to present a mountain of evidence for the grand jury to sift through while leaving the charging open-ended. But that history and those expectations took an unanticipated turn Friday when this moment upended the narrative. The findings of our comprehensive, thorough, and independent investigation coupled with the medical examiner's determination that Mr. Gray's death was a homicide, which we received today has led us to believe that we have probable cause to file criminal charges. The announcement of charges and the decisiveness and urgency with which the decision came were in and of themselves enough to signal a dramatic departure from what has come before. Mosby's inquiry was completed in 18 days, less than a fourth of the time that Missouri's prosecutors spent investigating the death of Michael Brown. And the Washington Post reports that Mosby's speedy announcement of the charges less than a day after police handed over the report to prosecutors caught many by surprise. Gene Debbie reported that Baltimore officials told him that after the press conference, even City Hall was shocked. But this moment was stunning not only because of the message, but because of the messenger who delivered it. Okay, so Paul, it's it's great that uh, you know she didn't she didn't really take in such serious charge. Okay, in such a dynamics that she didn't take much time, man. You know, she got the uh, uh, investigation one day and just said we're we're throwing charges on these guys, right? Throwing these guys on the bus. That's right. Yeah, and 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 now uh, this was presented by. Oh, now she's gonna. It's presented by a star, another octoroon with a nice looking weave, called. Uh, because just in case you're not sure what you just witnessed, that was a political star being born. Within the hour after Mosby's announcement, she had emerged into the national spotlight and as a trending topic on Twitter. So they're trying to push her as a she's going to be a political star, okay? <laughs> this Mosby uh, uh, Octoroon, you know, and uh, and and it's a woman. So you know, they're so that's what they're doing is they're trying to push this uh, uh, political thing behind woman. We got Loretta Lynch up there in uh, in in as uh, in the White House, okay? That took over from 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 that. Uh, uh, a boom before her, okay, Eric Gardner, okay, uh, excuse me, Eric Holder, you know, Mr. Uh, Fast and Furious, and, uh, you know, I, I'm only concerned about my people and, uh, you know, uh, 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 white people getting attacked, not his concern, uh, you know, act, support of, uh, supporter of the uh, Black Panthers, uh with weapons, went and actually took over uh, Columbia, a place at Columbia University, you know, uh, this type of nonsense. So pe- people are catching on and aren't falling for this, 
and uh, they're standing up. So we're going to smooth it down with one of these uh, octoroons with a nice weave on and, you know, a mouse-like voice, right? Because this is all made for TV. So anyway, let's go a little bit further here. With a follower count that had an explosion to down more than 30,000 and counting. Mosby's careful, methodical listing of the charges against the officers. Her personal appeals to all of the deeply invested sides of this highly charged case. So, you know, this, this is the court of appeal now on Twitter, right? Oh, she, you know, she went to 35 and... 80 or 70,000. She's a star. You know, she's got followers on Twitter now. So, you know, <laughs> anyway, let's that, that's when there's not just, it's just if, uh, if you have a popularity or not. Right. So this is what we're going to fight. But you know what? Yeah, well, I'll, well, I'll move on. I'll, I'll move on here. Both the show of empathy with the officers whose challenges she recognized through her own experience as part of a police family, and her recognition and acknowledgement of the righteous rage of Baltimore's young people of color showed all the hallmarks of an experienced political leader. And it was particularly impressive coming from someone who's only been on the job since January and who just months ago was considered by her opponent to be a long shot for election because of her age and inexperience. So, first she's saying what a political uh, leader she is. Uh, she, she was an affirmative action uh, choice. Is that what the town is? Well, we're going to get on about her, okay? But uh, uh, Mosby, uh, first she's saying, you know, conviction and, and, and experience, and then she's telling you she's just got on the job, okay? <laughs> and she's the youngest uh, uh, state prosecutor in the union, Okay. I think she, she's 35. She's born in 1980. Born Marilyn Jones, okay, and political party. She's a Democrat. Oh, go figure. Okay, Mosby was way, raised in Boston neighborhood of Dorchester by her grandfather. Her mother and father <clears throat> were police officers. Her family traces its association with the police back over five generations. She attended Dover Sherburn High School. Okay, and she was uh, an hour away from, she went to school, that was an hour away from her home. She served in the uh, Student Government Association, you know, was a co-editor of the newspaper. Okay, her interest in practicing law was sparked by the murder of her 17-year-old cousin outside her home when he was mistakenly identified as a drug dealer and killed by another 17-year-old. So, you know what I mean? Mistaken by another drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. So it was a gang banger. He, he got gang banged. Anyway, she read, she received a scholarship in Tuskegee University, Alabama, subsequently met her future husband, Nick Mosby, who presently serves in the Baltimore City Council. Okay. Mosby earned her ju- Juris Doctor degree from Boston uh, college Law School. She served as Assistant State Attorney for Baltimore City from 2005 to 2012. So she got in there pretty young, okay? Uh, you know, I guess a little bit of pull. After she lost, she, 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 uh, lost that job, she became a, a litigator for Liberty Mutual Insurance in 2012. In 2013, she announced her plans to run the state 
for state's attorney for the city of Baltimore. Okay, and uh, here's the here's a skinny. I mean, it's not what this broad says. This broad twists things around as usual, as you're going to hear. But I'm just going to let you know she ran against incumbent Greg L. Bernstein in the Democratic primary. Okay, Mosby defeated Bernstein. Gee, he sounds Irish to me, with 55% of the vote. She faced no opposition in the general election. Okay, it was a race card vote. No opposition in the general election. Not, not, not the primary, the party primary. Okay, and uh, she, she received 94% of the vote, defeating in the independent. The only one that w- did run against her was an independent called Russell A. Neverton Sr., who basically did it as a write-in, so he wasn't a Republican or nothing. At the time of her election, she was the youngest top prosecutor in a major U.S. city. So let me get this uh, Melissa back on here. Okay. When Mosby took the oath of office in January, she became the youngest chief prosecutor of any major American city. She ran unopposed in the general election following an upset primary. See that? She ran unopposed in the, in, the, in the primaries. Remember, unopposed. She's saying in the primaries, but no. It was the primaries where she had the fight. See how she twisted around? victory against an incumbent who had four times as much money fueling his campaign. Mosby ran as a tough-on-crime candidate who would work closely with police to target repeat violent offenders. So, trying to make it sound like, well, she ran against the establishment, the money, okay? And that was only in her own primary, the Democratic primary. She ran unopposed in the general election. That's what happened. But, you know, Melissa's on the job here, you know what I mean? Melissa, let's listen to Melissa's bullshit, right? But she also positioned herself as a bridge builder who would work to improve the relationship between Baltimore police and the community. During her inauguration speech, in which she invoked the police violence cases in Ferguson, in New York, in Cleveland, she spoke directly to the black Baltimoreans whose support helped cement her victory. Yeah, she she spoke directly to the black the black voters, okay, who would come out and vote, right? Because you know they're crying about that they can't vote over there because you know it's too hard to vote, Paul. And we're going to cover on how easy it is to vote, and the reason that they're not voting is because of their outstanding warrants. Because when you go to register, all this stuff comes up. So that's denying them the vote, right? So. Right. Anyway, let's move on here. Who felt her predecessor had failed to respond adequately to allegations of police brutality. The public cannot and should not be led to believe that through statement or action that justice is accessible to some and not to all. As a black woman who understands just how much the criminal justice system disproportionately affects communities of color, I will seek justice on your behalf. So she's. You know, as a black woman, first of all, she's not black, okay? And uh, let's delve into a little bit of this broad here. Let's delve into a little bit of uh, really who she is, where she comes from, okay? Now, she came from Dorchester, Massachusetts. In the early 1950s, Dorchester was also a center of civil rights activism. Martin Luther King Jr. lived there. 
the time he attended Boston University for his, quote, Ph.D., that he, uh, you know, we all know about that, right? During the 1950s through the 80s, the ethnic landscape of Dorchester changed dramatically. The Jewish-Irish populations are replaced with African, Asian, and Caribbean, Caribbean populations. Up until the 1950s, Blue Hill Avenue, part of Dorchester from Roxbury to Patapan, was primarily composed of Jewish Americans who lived there for generations. And that, you remember, that, that, that's where Martin Luther King was, right? The well, Nepeset neighborhood was primarily Irish American during the 1950s, 1960s. Many African Americans moved from, from the south to the north during the Great Migration and settled on Blue Hill Avenue and nearby locations. Well, that's they're importing them. That's what they did. They imported them into the into the big cities. While some Jewish Americans were moving up and out to the suburbs, yeah, because they they kept the property. They they became the slum slum, uh, slum landlords uh, and the business owners. Okay, of the ghettos, they did the same thing in major most major uh, big cities. They did it in my big city. While some Jewish Americans were moving up and out. Okay, I read that. Uh, okay. Certain Boston banks and real estate companies developed a blockbusting plan for the area. The Blue Hill Avenue blockbusting plan uh, coined red line so that only the newly arriving African Americans would receive mortgages for housing in that section. White flight was prevalent. Okay. Uh, Dorchester yeah, sounds has like they're shoving their Yeah, this is what they do, right? You know, they talk, oh, well, they wouldn't let us move here or there. They're redlining. But no, that's what they did for you to get you where they wanted you to do, to displace the ethnic neighborhoods of the white people out of the city there, okay? The Jews wanted you in there, okay? Because you are their pets. You are their slaves. So Dorchester had another wave of immigrants, this time from Puerto Rico. Okay, that would be in the 40s or right, late 30s or early 40s, and that was by the mayor of the time. I forget his name now, but he's the guy that helped uh, uh, FDR become governor at the time, and, who, and he later became president because they wanted to uh, uh, cheap labor, just like they're doing now with the Mexicans. Okay. Same story. Same story. Okay. So then they had another wave uh, of Dominican Republican, Republic, Haitians, Jamaicans, Trinidadians, Tobago, Vietnam, all over the place, as well as other African American, Latin, Latin American, excuse me, Latin American, Asian, and African nations. Okay. Yeah. Reverse redlining occur, occurs when a lender or insurer targets minority customers not to deny them loans of insurance. But, remember, she worked for an insurance company, but rather to charge them more than they would have charged a customer of a comparable majority consumer business. Okay, so if it was all white, okay, uh, or, or they would uh, just be in business like anyone else, but because now they're redlining these people in, targeting them in, making sure that they get the mortgages and everything, well, they're going to have they're going to have a mortgage, they're going to have to have the insurance, and uh, they're charging them up the ass, okay? So they're bringing in, oh, we're going to help. They, we're going to help you out. You know, and they're making a buck off them also. 
you know, typical Jew, right? Blockbusting was a business process of U.S. real estate agents and building developers to, to convince white property owners to sell their house at low prices out of the fear that persons of color will soon move into the neighborhood. The agents then sold the houses at higher prices to the black families, desperate to escape the overcrowded ghettos. Blockbusting became possible after the legislative and judicial dismantling of legally protected, racially segregated real estate practices after World War II. Okay, that's when they came up. The Jews won World War II, yep. Right, and that's in that's in the story of redlining. I think we did a story on that, Paul, when they decided that they were worried about, you know, all the uh, in the large cities, uh, you know, that uh, big ethnic areas and stuff like that, and uh, you know, they 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 feared them because they were a voting block. Also, they feared them because uh, you know they couldn't push them around. You know what I mean? Uh, they, they had, you know, like I said, we had our own police, you know, we had control of the major cities here. So they had to break that up. It, it scared, uh, FDR's government when they were doing what they were doing with their communism and the future plans for America after World War II. That's why World War II is so important. This is when they, uh, after they, you know, uh, you put a, put a nation in war uh, it takes years to recover from that. Whether you win or lose, it doesn't matter. And uh, then that's when they do their social engineering. So let's continue on here. Mosby's Friday announcement of charges came at the end of a week in which we also heard from the head of the federal investigation into the case. The federal. So now we got the feds. We got, you know, the double deal here. So let's see who's doing this for the feds. I also want to take this opportunity to express my deepest condolences to Mr. Gray's family and friends. As you know, the Civil Rights Division and the FBI are already conducting a full and independent investigation into the tragic death of Mr. Gray. The emergence of Loretta Lynch and Marilyn Mosby as Crusaders for Justice has given African-American women the visibility that they've lacked in our national conversation about police violence against black bodies. So there we go, Loretta Lynch, okay, and Mosby now, they're the Crusaders, okay. Now, uh, Mosby, Loretta Lynch has got the FBI on it, got the federal government on this, you know, through the Civil Rights Division. They hadn't done any charges or anything else like this, but this Mosby, Mosby character, she, she right away charges these people as soon as she got that report, a day later, man, you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? Uh, well, they just, picked a city that had, you know, all the right colored people in all the right places, man, to uh, further the um, basically acceptance that thug behavior is okay instead of shooting them on site for looting. Exactly, exactly. Well, we're, we're, you know, um, uh, next Monday when, we're on, when we broadcast through the Renegade uh, 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 Broadcasting uh, Network, we're going we're gonna to delve into that a little bit deeper, okay, a little bit deeper. But let's go on with, you know, black, black, black women, which they're not black women, they're octoroons wearing weaves, are to the rescue here. It was a sentiment echoed just last week when the online feminist community for Harriet expressed disappointment in the relatively small crowd that turned out for a New York rally for Rakia Boyd and other black girls and women who've ended up dead at the hands of police. 
So typical woman, let's call in the feminist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's call in the right. feminists and the freaks, and and this is what they're doing. They're getting with the blacks. They're bringing in. They're combining them. They tried this in the '60s, didn't work out. They're trying to bring them in with the uh, feminists, and because that's when the feminists came out of there, and the freaks, which you know, the fudge, but the, the the fudge backers and everything else like this. So, but uh, let's continue on here. So as we await the administration of justice in yet another case that calls into question the extent to which black lives matter. Black lives matter. The same old nonsense. Dude, I'm so sick of that Jewish expression already, man. I'm so sick of it. Right. And uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, we're going to go a little further. Then we're going to look at who black lives matter are. We're going to go and show you how organized, how deep, how this is an old program that's now just switched on to this Black Lives Matter type nonsense, okay, and all these deceitful people that are behind it, and some of them are familiar names uh, through their proxies. Mosby and Lynch introduce a new consideration about whether black women's leadership in law enforcement can make a difference. Joining me now is Farai Chidea, professor of journalism and distinguished writer in residence at NYU. Laura Flanders, host and founder of GripTV.org. Yolanda Pierce, associate professor of religion and literature at Princeton Theological Seminary. And Michael Denzel Smith, contributing writer for TheNation.com and a fellow at The Nation Institute. Thank you all for being here. Okay, so, so she announces guests, okay, uh, one guy is there, and his nickname's Denzel, or his middle name's Denzel. But they got this one uh, white broad that's got a British accent. Her name's Laura Flanders. She hosts the Laura. She hosts the Laura. She hosts the Laura Flanders show on Grit TV. Okay, uh, and I went to the Grit GritTV.org about page. It said Stonewall award from the Stonewall Community Foundation for her leadership in the LGBTQ. Do you know what that is? LGBT, I understand that. Now there's a Q on it, eh, Paul? Q-U-V-W-X-Y-Z, man. That's the whole thing. (laughs) We don't miss anyone. Okay, she lives in New York City with her partner, choreographer Elizabeth Streb. Elizabeth Streb is an American choreographer, performer, and teacher of con- contemporary dance. She was born in 1950. She's 65 years old, so you know she, she, she's an old rug muncher. She's from Rochester, New York, and her and she lives there. It says with her spouse Laura Flanders. Laura Flanders, born okay December 5th, 1961. She's 53 from London, England. Flanders grew up in the Kensington District of London and went to the U.S. at age 19. In 1985, she graduated from Bernard College with a degree in history and women's studies. So let's trace this down. Bernard College is a private women's liberal arts college and one of the so-called seven sisters. your daughters into lesbianism, yep. Right. And uh, when I did the series on the Newark riots, we had all those Jews, Jewesses, and they all went to, a lot of them went to Bernard College, uh, and, but they went through the seven sisters that started out as where the elite sent their, you know, their prep schools for the elite uh, upper middle class and stuff like that. 
and then they funnel them. Uh, some are affiliated with Columbia, some are affiliated with Yale. This one happens to be affiliated with Columbia University. So I go there, Paul, and I'm looking at notable alumni, and I've got one here. Her name is Virginia Gildersleeve. Uh, okay, she was there. She was dean dean of the college. Okay, 1899. Okay, and delegate to the Charter Conference of the United Nations in 19, 1945. That was the Dumbart meeting in in San Francisco, where all the communists went up there to create the United Nations. Okay, so she must have been pretty old. Okay, now they've got uh, this Carla J. She went there in '68, pioneer of lesbian and gay studies. Mara Kamarvatsky, sociologist, sociologist, pioneer of the sociology of gender. Okay, and her, she came from a privileged Jewish family in Tsarist Russia, and her family fled the country after the 1917 revolution. This sounds like uh, that Ayn Rand character. Okay. Yeah, Kamarovsky's parents were Zionist and land-owning Jews in Ackerman, Russia, until Tsarist police drove them from their home. Yeah, they found out that they were funding all these revolutions. They moved initially to Bakau in what is now Azerbaijan and then to Wichita, Kansas after the Bolshevik Revolution. So who else we got there? Margaret Reed. Margaret Reed. Margaret Reed. She went there in... Okay, it doesn't say when she went there. She was... Uh, oh, she died in 78. She was the American cultural cultural anthropologist, okay, who featured is frequently an author and speaker in the mass media during the 1960s and 70s. Dr. Mead came to Columbia University in 1920 as a sophomore at Bernard College, where she studied under and became friends with Dr. Ruth Benedict, another one of these idiots, who convinced Dr. Mead to stay at Columbia and study anthropology at the graduate level. Dr. Franz Boas, had perhaps the greatest impact on Dr. Mead's work, influenced her dramatically through her position as the head of anthropology department of Columbia. That's where they coined uh, no such thing as race, Paul. Okay. Following Ruth Benedict's example, Mead focused her research on problems of child-rearing personality and culture. She served as president of the American Anthropological Association in 1960, she had various positions in the American Association for the Advancement of Science, notably president. Okay, so, I mean, they're running the sciences and stuff, these new tools. Notably president in 1975 and chair of the executive committee of the board of directors in 1976. So you wonder how these people got in, right? They went in there and just started taking over all these different positions and promoting each other in, right? Anyway, and then it's funny, you know, yeah, she was right. married like three times or four times, Paul. Well, guess who her pediatrician was? Dr. Spock, Benjamin Spock. Remember that asshole? No, let's see, who else went to this school? Oh, Maya Sartoro, educator, half-sister of President Barack Obama. Martha Stewart. Joan Rivers. Lee Remick. And, of course, Ruth Benedict, anthropologist. Okay. 
So that's what that's what we know about. Sounds like a hating man. That hating white man. Oh, they hate they hate men. They hate white men. They hate they hate everything. These people. Okay, these are the destroyers. Okay, and and they're in there. Uh, you know them and their Jew buddies and everything else like that, and help push each other up. People wonder how they got in all these positions. It took them time, but they got in there. Okay. They got in it. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew this is a plan overtaken. It wasn't, no, oh, the baby boomers it happened in the 60s. No, it didn't happen in the 60s. Oh, it was a generation. No, it didn't happen before that. This is an ongoing process of coming in to Bolshevize this country, the United States of America. Why? Because it's a tough, it has been a tough nut to crack. But while they're trying to crack it, they're using us as one of their best tools or one of the best goy tools for them, okay, militarily and every other damn way. And it's a safe haven for these friggin' Jews to come rip us off some more. Okay, so let's continue on here. So, Yolanda, does having black women in charge in these unusual spaces of law enforcement make I love the way she says that, Paul. You know, this this new language, unusual spaces. You know, mm-hmm. not positions, not positions of power, not governmental offices, not even jobs. They're spaces, Paul. A difference to outcome. It's got to make a difference. So sisters have been representing on the ground. They have been representing from the beginning to the end. They're out there marching, rallying, organizing. Black Lives Matters itself as an organization owes its existence to black women. Okay, so she's telling you they're out there organizing, marching, and they owe their existence to Black Lives Matter. Okay, so we're going to... Let me have, before I go on, I just want to check in the chat here, make sure he's behaving in there. Yeah, they're behaving in there. Fantastic. Oh, someone says Q stands for queer, as in unsure of their exact sexualities. <laughs> okay, I got you, man. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like some, like, oh, whatever turns your clock. Yeah. Okay, so Black Lives Matter is a primarily American movement and hashtag, hashtag Black Lives Matters. So, you know, but, you know, when we had a hashtag, uh, Hitler was right, or the white man march, oh, we were criminals, Paul. But Black Lives Matter, that's great. When it had started, started after the 2013 acquittal of George Zimmerman in the shooting death of Trayvon Martin. Okay, and uh, one, of the, one, one of the people that started this was Patricia Coolers, C-U, it's three women's, Patrice Coolers, C-U-L-O-R-S. I got her webpage here, and uh, I know there's some information that I wanted to say about her. Uh, Yeah, okay. Co-founder, okay. Okay, she's in all this, all these shootings and everything, she's at the forefront, this, this brought here, Okay. Uh, always going to meet President Obama and other prominent members, okay, to dis- to discuss racial profiling, police brutality, police brutality, mass incarceration of African Americans instead of you know putting criminals behind bars, and ending what some view as a militarization of U.S. police departments. Well, none of us want that. 
But, you know, the people that you are talking about are the people that have helped extenuate this, the people they work for, the people that they represent, okay? So it says that uh, they have supporters worldwide now, this thing, okay? And and uh, the, one of the demonstrations they had supporters rode in from, rode in from, okay, the Greyhound buses. Who's paying for this? New York City. Newark, uh, they do have buses, man. Yeah, Newark, Boston, Chicago, Columbus, Miami, Detroit, Houston, Oakland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Nashville, the Portland, Houston, Washington, D.C. And more in the similar, similar way of the Freedom Riders of the 1960s. So that's what they do, Paul. You know what I mean? Your community is trying to solve something, and they just bust them in all over the place, okay, Trying to get a riot going or trying to intimidate and all this kind of kind of nonsense there. So, okay, now there's three of them. Okay, now another one who got into this is uh, her name's Opal Tometi, T O N E T I. Okay, and I went, I looked that up. Sounds too close to my name, man. That's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is scary, huh? So, yeah, anyone would be confused, man. Yeah. So I found I found uh, she was a speaker at this thing called you know these people are organized that's why I mean these people that say oh well be lone wolf don't get organized don't do this don't do that well these people are very organized okay they have these conferences this was the uh, uh, national immigration what was it the national Black Alliance for Just Immigration B A G I and this broad co-director of it. They have all kinds of uh, meetings and stuff like this where they get these people together and, uh, you know, uh, where they uh, uh, network and uh, give each other jobs and all this kind of stuff there. And so, anyway, her organization is an organization for immigration rights. Well, they educate advocates of immigration rights and racial justice, and is comprised of African Americans, Afro Latinos, African and Caribbean immigrants. Everything's Afro, eh? She lives in Brooklyn, New York, where she is responsible for coordinating the Black Immigration Network (BIN), B-I-N, a nation a nas- nationwide network of organizations of ind- individuals uniting for racial justice and migrant rights. Okay. She's a first-generation Nigerian-American activist, originally from Arizona, which has been active Arizona, where we had all those problems, right? Where she's been active in the migrant rights movement for over ten years. Okay, and she's not an activist; she's an agitator. Exactly. Well, here it is. She was movement building by doing strategic communications and grassroots organizing. So she's a recruiter with the Puneni movement, whatever that is, and the Alto Arizona campaign with other migrant justice groups. Okay, and uh, in 2012, she was recipient of the Unsung Hero of Justice Award for the African-American Legislative and Leadership Conference of Arizona. She's advocate to end violence against women and a media maker, and she's a media maker. 
She holds a Master's of Arts degree in Communication Studies with an emphasis in rhetoric and advocacy. I didn't even know that. You mean you get you? There was a class like that. <laughs> you get a master's in rhetoric. Oh, they! I wonder who taught it. That's, right. that's, that's just a cover for race agitating, you know. Yeah. So I went in and looked at one of her groups here, Paul. And uh, what scum did you uncover? Well, the National Immigration. Well, we're going to get down to the Jew behind this. The National Immigration. Uh, integration conference it says quote this is what they say we are the protagonists for our own history this winter come to los angeles california to join the other players who want to reshape america to be inclusive and equal yeah and brown so and uh, protagonist an advocate or champion of a particular cause or idea Okay, so they, they're there to reshape America. And I went in and looked at some of the causes here. And let's see what I got here. Okay. Uh, and there's oh, all kinds of stuff here. But they got this one, you know, they got all these uh, where you go and you go and you join and, and you have these people talk to you and, uh, you know, the leaders of these different groups and programs and all this kind of stuff. And they have this one guy from, from the academic community called Dr. Westy A. Egmont. Okay. Now I saw that, and I, man, so I went and looked this guy up, and he looked very familiar. Okay. Dr. Westy A. E. G. M. O. N. T. Okay. You know, I crossed paths with this guy years ago, pulling this shit in Newark. Okay, I crossed paths with this piece of shit. Okay, now let's go look and see who this asshole is. Okay, he's an agitator. Well, when I was fighting with Lautenberger, okay. Another Jew. Yeah. And uh, this guy, I mean, he, you know, trying to be white, passing his right, but this guy, this guy's definitely a Jew. Okay, it says, Westy Egg, Egg, Egmont joined the faculty of Boston College, where Martin Luther King went to, and this broad Mosby went to, and all these other people went to, of social work to teach social policy and build connections between academic work in diversity and increasing cosmopolitan population of the foreign born in the region. So that's what they're there to do, to grab in all, you know, to flood us, and then grab these people when they get in here, stick them in, you know, ghettoize them or whatever the hell they're going to do with them, okay, uh, low labor jobs and everything else like that, unionize them, organize them, radicalize them, and then, you know, bust them all over the place to cause shit, okay? This is what they do. And that's what they're doing. And that's exactly yeah. what they do. They did it in Wisconsin when that poor guy was trying to uh, uh, take control of that budget there with the teachers union and, you know, so you had the teachers union there, and they had all this outside agitation. Then it was that e- EIU ACORN, and then it was morphed into that union EIEU. Uh, ACORN, ACORN got busted by, I forget the guy's name there, but he did a great job. This is why we need people like that out there doing stuff. This is why we do have to be organized, and so we do have to, have, so we can uh, fund our projects, go and break these things before they get too powerful. 
because that's what they are. They're like, they're a virus, and they're going to keep spreading, and this is what they do. So, well, Joe, here, Joe, stop. I got an idea here. Uh, as we're building this white network, we should have a, um, a list of today's hot topics, like uh, this group is meeting here, this is happening, this, this builds up. So like, if there's somebody that wants to do a piece on it or wants to expose it or wants to do a talk show about it, these are our talking points. These are the things that we need to focus on to, to have a rebuttal against what the fucking communist is saying, what the Jew is saying, what the Afro-American is saying that is trying to destroy this country. And um, so if we have like a place to go to and be like, oh, hey, that's, that's a good topic, I'll run with this. And, and Paul Tafetti will go here and run with that. And Joe North will come in, hey, that's a topic I can, I'm pretty good at. I'll go run with it over there. So at least we can start getting organized there. Yeah, that's that's in a nutshell, Paul. That that's you know that's about for you know that one aspect of 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 a, of, a, of our own independent media distribution platform where people can go do these things, okay? And so we can market, distribute it, uh, distribute it to our uh, people in general. Never mind just our people, and uh, we're and with the membership, and you know you'd get paid for that piece if they're going to use that. Okay, and uh, exactly, man. You know, like I say, uh, it's up to the people to get together, to get this together, have a board, and and start putting all these uh, focuses in the in, into place. And uh, the membership will be able to vote. You know, uh, what we, here's what we want, here's what we don't want, that kind of sort of thing here. And uh, you know, like, it, and they're going to make these decisions. But that's exactly that's exactly what that does for us, okay? That's exactly what it does for us. Remember, uh, you know, everybody's got a camera on their phone. They've got very intelligent people there, and we've got a lot of people that are in organizations that are scared to lose their job and say anything that can be if they had a place that they could trust, start giving us this inside information. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I. I was going to bring up, but I couldn't find the part, so maybe if I can find it for next week's show, is, you know, in The Sopranos there, Paul, okay, I think it was season four. Now, I didn't watch this, I didn't watch the show because I don't watch TV, but I, I was told this a long time ago there. In season four, they had a thing on where these Indians were going on about Christopher Columbus, Columbus Day, got the Italians all upset, you know, and, oh, you know, the mob's Italian, and they got, you know, anyway, they had a confrontation, and so, and they got a line in there, and it's all over where they write about gangsters and politics, and they talk about uh, the white knight who saved Newark, Tony Imperiali. That was our guy. So, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, who the hell let that pass? Who wrote that in there? Okay. So somebody in there knew, somebody in there was in there in those times that maybe one of our guys, okay, because, you know, we, we had a large organization, or their kids that know the story, okay, that snuck that line in there that won't let people forget, you know. So and and they're bitching about it in in a lot of a lot of these write ups and blogs and all this kind of stuff. They're, uh, you know, downgrading the guy, of course, like that, you know, you know, talking about what, you know, question why did he name what do they call it name pig Tony Imperiali? So yes, we do have people out there, and the little ways of doing what they can. But you know what? This is why we got to do this. So, you know, imagine how much information, a guy like that could be writing stuff for us under pseudonym. And, you know, our guys be making stuff and uh, putting it out there and distributing it, you know, uh, through, through the Internet and on, and on uh, 
radio stations or whatever the medium, you know, we have to dominate. We've got to get our message out. We've got to let people know where they can get this kind of information. Find out who these assholes are because all you're going to do is get this piece of shit uh, uh, MSNBC and, you know, they're talking like these people are heroes and all this kind of nonsense. Uh, and you find out, yeah, you find out that they're just pieces of shit there. So anyway, I'm just going to go a little bit more about Egg Egmont, okay? Yeah, I knew I saw this, especially when I seen that nose on the picture of this guy. So, man, I remember that guy. And that was the time I had the problem with uh, Rottenberger, and he got a junior guy he's trying to beat me up and all this kind of nonsense. And well, well, he didn't get very far, but anyway. So he's in all this kind of uh, labs. He has labs for to aid immigrants integration. Boston College, founded 150 years ago to educate the children of Boston immigrants, has embarked on a new initiative to help foreign-born persons make a successful transition into the American democratic society. It means democratic party is what that means there. So he's got this uh, immigration integration lab housed at the university's graduate school of social work and under the direction of, well, his direction, a unique applied research lab that addresses the critical, yeah, brainwashing, radicalizing, that addresses the critical issues of immigrant inclusion. Well, you know, uh, not flooding us, uh, you know, that's why they try to assimilate, having a job and all that kind of stuff there, uh, you know, not bringing them in as cheap labor. So somebody here to sponsor you, yeah. Yeah, that, that would go a long way. And, you know, crime, get the hell out. But anyway, they shouldn't be here anyway. So, and then I go, this is very interesting. He's got his own company called Egg, Egmont Associates, okay? Okay, Wesley A. Egg, Egmont, with over 35 years of professional leadership in nonprofit sector, Wesley Egmont brings, in, brings to organizations, okay, a depth of practical knowledge, having served in executive leadership roles overseas <clears throat> in education, in religious organizations. So, you know, these are the guys that, that, that go in and infiltrate the churches, anti-hunger agencies, and is president of human services agencies. He combines proven methods with excellent skills empowering others. His service has included founding members, early stage boards transitioning from a funder, national consortiums, liberal arts colleges, and health care agencies. So he's a recruiter, okay? They do executive search, and he's a recruiter for uh, uh, people to get uh, get into these for, different for programs. Service-funded uh, agitators, yes. Yeah, so they recruit for this, and it says it's a full-service executive search firm for nonprofit organizations. So they go out and try to get promising people and or, you know, the kids in colleges who might be bright or something like that and, uh, you know, uh, and hire them, get them hired and stuff like that. And uh, so that, that's what they try to do because, you know, some of these people in here are very good organizers, so they're trying to make you sound like, oh, we just decided to do this. No, this is organized. This guy's out there. He's been doing it for 35 years. He tells you himself, okay, executive search. He's not looking for the low-level throw a brick through a window guy executive search for nonprofit organizations and for foundations, corporations, so they get them into foundations, okay, corporations, 
Okay, you know, they get them into the foundations that, you know, were set up years ago and they go in there and infiltrate it and take it over and use all those resources against us with their Marxism and associations and others with interest in the nonprofit sector. Okay, and he's even got a client page here, and this is scary, Paul. This is very, very scary when I looked at this. Okay, uh, he's, oh, American Red Cross. Okay. In, May, in states, in, in, in eastern Massachusetts, all over the place. Uh, uh, he's, uh, all kinds of schools here, uh, all kinds of foundation, the Bar Foundation, Brenda Lee, Brenda Lee Family Foundation, Brenda Lee, the singer, right? Berkshire Hills Music Academy, all these different places. Uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation of Connecticut, Martha's Vineyard Community Services, and it's just a list of all, uh, a lot in New England, okay, because that's, that's where he operates out from. But, uh, and now, why did I bump heads with him? Well, who's one of his friggin' damn shitty uh, uh, clients? Essex County Community Foundation, uh, Essex County, New Jersey, Essex Shipbuilding Museum. So, you know, they went in, right, went right, in, right into our friggin' county, Paul. And that, and that, and that's where they went there. So, you know, so that's that asshole, okay. And so, you know, we're still on with this broad, uh, Opella, Opella, whatever the hell her name is, and she's got another company that she's got, okay, and it's called, oh, this is her B A G I staff. Okay, and that stands for, I'm going to get this out of the way here, Racial Equality, Immigration Rights, and Economic Justice. Okay, and she is the executive director, and it says she's a feminist writer, communication strategist, cultural organizer. She is co-founder of the Black Lives Matter. Yeah, we know that already. And she's a leader of a full network, which has launched in the wake of the murder of murder. See, murder, murder. They're still calling it a murder of Trayvon Martin in order to explicitly combat illicit and bias and anti-black racism and protect and affirm the beauty and dignity of all black lives matter. So this is another rug muncher. Notice they get all the perverts in this, Paul. Yeah, gays, Jews, or Afro-Americans are all three in one person. Then you have to try to Yeah. She collaborates with staff and communities in Los Angeles, Phoenix, New York, Oakland, Washington, D.C., and communities throughout the southern states, the organizations. You wonder where the Antifa come from and how they get their money, too, okay? The organization's most recent campaign helped with family reunification visas for Haitians displaced by the 2010 earthquake. You know, so this is the kind of shit they dub it. Joe, Joe, is uh, racial segregation really code word for white subjugation? I mean, yeah. it kind of seems to be. Yeah, exactly right, Paul. You know, I never. They don't want equality, it. man. They do not want equality. It's not equality. Oh no, no, no! Are you kidding? They, 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 they want your ass out. Okay, and their ass. They want, they want, a, they want a brown down, uh, subjugated uh, people. That's what they want. You can't think. Okay. 
Anyway, I went, I went, I went on this uh, BlackAlliance.org's uh, mission in history. It says it is an education and advocacy group comprised of African Americans and black immigrants from Africa, Latin America, Caribbean, just like the other ones, okay? And then it goes on, their scope, and it's all over the United States, and, uh, you know, and, you know, the shit they do, uh, all values of the kinship of our, our humanity, okay? This is their value statement, all B-A-J-I values the kinship of our humanity by embracing gender equality, diversity of generations, that's race mixing, immigration status, that means, you know, uh, illegal immigration, uh, and uh, and experience, whatever that means. Well, their experience, okay, their experience. So this that's what they do, okay, that's what they do, okay. And... Uh, and they, and and in there you got your uh you know your <clears throat> these fake uh priests these fake christians okay because they're pastoral staff to this okay and they're usually one of these black methodist guys okay and the guy the pastoral staff there is reverend kelvin sauls okay who was born and raised in johannesburg south africa Okay, that's where the Jew infiltrated the churches there, sucked those people into giving up their own damn country, organized through, you know, that mass murderer that uh, uh, and, and his wife, Winnie Mandela, Mandela right? You know, with mm-hmm. the uh, uh, necklaces. The necklace. put, yeah, they put the tire on your ass, on your neck, and then burn it and everything. Okay, and now he's over here, okay? Let's get all now. We got them over there. We radicalized them. We did this. We did that. We see what these people do now. You know, all of a sudden, people are getting beaten with hammers. That's that's their what they were doing over there in the '80s and '90s and all that stuff. So I guess their kids or some stuff are over here immigrating, and these guys are over here with open arms, filtering them into these uh, different areas of the country and organizations. Okay. He's got him and his wife and a, a couple other freaky-looking uh, black seers that looked very, very uh, Jewy-looking blacks. I'll tell you, man. You know, Jewelatos, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I also went and looked at their board. Okay, and uh, you know, that's what I do, man. I I go right down to see the connections of the different organizations and see who's in here and the schools they went to and everything else, and I, I look for the connections, and sure enough, they're always there. They're always there, okay? So, and the board members they got here are a lot of these uh, low-wage union things that they're starting, okay? Bring these people in there. They bring the wages down. Then they unionize them, and then they all want $20 an hour and all this kind of nonsense there. And, uh, you know, they're going to... Uh, which is good for them because, you know, they've got $5 million in this one union. So, you know, when they want money to get something done, they just say, $5, brother, just 10 or $5, whatever you can give us. That's a lot of that. But, you know, you're talking $20, $25, million a shot if everybody gives that much, right? Right. So now the third broad in this is Alicia Garza. Okay, and she's a special projects director for the National Domestic Workers Alliance. Here comes the unions. 
Yeah. She is she has been the recipient of multiple awards for organizing work in the black and Latino communities. So they're trying to, you know, uh the the Mexicans want nothing to do with these blacks, right? So, you know, they're yeah, trying to Yeah. Well, Latino, you see they're coming up with this Latino word here, this Latino. Well that could mean anything and that's usually other South Americans, right? You know? But anyway, this, this, yeah, we're in this together, brother. You know what I mean? You know, uh, uh, you you want you want you want higher wages? You know, this kind of stuff. There, just like the guy did in California with the uh, great picking guys and all that kind of stuff. There, anyway, receiving the local hero award from the San Francisco Bay Guardian, and they go on about her stuff. She has twice been honored by the Harvey Milk Democratic Club with the Bayward Rustin Community Activist Award. Bayward Rustin Community. That is where that guy got shot by those blacks, and he wound up being one of those anti-white uh, uh, SPLC writers a couple months ago. We had covered that. He was out there hiking, and you know he yeah, was, was on the police trail. Yeah, yeah, he got it. <laughs> a couple, a couple, a couple of smart brothers wiped his ass out there, and uh, the SPLC tried hiding it. And it was brought out by uh, Colin Flaherty. Oh, he, he's a racist for bringing this out. You know, they had a fit because they got caught because uh, they were trying to hide the fact that he was a writer for them. Okay, and she's uh, award for her fighting for gentrification and environmental racism in San Francisco's largest remaining black community. Gentrification. What the hell does that mean? So... Anyway, and you go and you look up there, and uh, she's on the staff of the Domestic Workers Organization. Remember, she starts, She was one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter. She just came out of nowhere, these girls. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like who? Which Jew is funding them now, man? This, isn't this isn't this yet another Soros-funded uh, agitating group? Okay, so you, you can't wait. You can't wait, can you? You can't wait. I'm bad like that, man. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get, okay, Paul, hold on your steed here. Soros isn't funding it. Okay, he's not funding it. They make, they make, in, 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 in open society and everything else like that, they got to they gotta let you know they're not funding it. He's not funding it. His son is. <laughs> Alexander G. Soros, born in 1985. He's an American nonprofit executive and philanthropist. Yep. He's the son of billionaire George Soros and Susan Weber Soros. That's his mother. His mother grew up in New York, daughter of Murray Weber, a manufacturer of juice, shoe, a Jew, shoe accessories. Uh, her father had immigrated from Russia. Her mother passed on the fondness for decorative arts. She grew up in a non-observant Jewish household, so she tried to mix someone up her Upbringing, she stated, we were cultural Jews. She attended an Episcopalian high school in Brooklyn, okay, and graduated from Bernard College. Oh, get the hell out. Yeah, with a degree in art history. She also studied at Parsons School, and it goes on in any way. He established himself as a philanthropist with the first major contribution, contribution to... Jewish funds for justice. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the social justice, the black justice, it all stems from 
Jewish Fund for Justice. And he the Jew black groups and all those other race agitating groups just go away. So you got to get the money off from the Jews. That's who we have to target. Yeah, and it goes on and on and on, and it talks about the the, the people that started that was this Seacon and this Louis Rossman, and uh, you know I got information on them uh, from San Francisco, and uh, you know they listen. They get their money from they work for some all work for the same software company. I uh, looked up this. Uh, they've got like 11 people working there and they're pulling half a billion dollars a year. But I can't find out what they do, Paul. Uh, it's got to be an intelligence asset group, man. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Very limited information. Usually you can find out what, if it's a software company, you know. And I looked. I looked. Sounds like another P Tech Corporation, which is at the New England area, that does a lot of software for our FBI or CIA or NSA. So basically, they put in all these backdoors, like the promise uh, software that got basically installed in pretty much every policing agency around the world, every banking industry around, uh, you know, uh, institution around the world. So these fuckers can basically go into any bank, into any police organization, and see what the hell they want to see because they put these backdoors in. I mean, CIA does too, but they're going to they're going to these Jews to program, <laughs> and and it's like the they're they're coming with Trojan horses in them. Yeah, and and some of the stuff that I was reading, I was trying to get as much information from these different, uh, um, you know, trade places that I know, and all I can is talk about some about the healthcare and all this kind of uh, databasing, client databasing, and all this kind of stuff there, but I can never get a de- definitive answer. Now some of these guys. These guys are pretty old. A couple of them are dead. One is linked, and uh, guess, guess, guess where their friggin' uh, money and every, a lot of it, a lot of this money from this organization is linked to. Uh, what's his name? Who, the Jew that ripped them off there. Who, who, who's the Jew that went to jail for ripping them all off? Let's see if anybody knows. I had it in my notes here. I can't find it in my notes. Let's see if anybody in the chat knows. Paul, you there? Uh, Madoff. Yes, mom of three white boys. Bernie Madoff. Well, not directly to Bernie, but to his uh, accountant who was found uh, drowned in his pool in Florida. Well, he said he had a massive heart attack when he was swimming after he got caught, right? So, so, you there, Paul? You there, Paul? Yeah, I had to break up a cat fight out here on my property, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So, uh, this Jewish fund, a lot of these guys' money, a lot of their startup money, okay, uh, now they got money from source, but the software company, a lot of that money came, uh, uh, traces into Bernie Madoff. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. In, in his uh, his accountant, to his accountant, the guy that the, the guy that uh, you know they found him drowned and after he got caught, they found him drowned in in his home in his pool in Florida. They said he went for his home and had a heart attack. So <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're dealing with, people. Us 
a web, a spidery web, you know what I mean? And if we're going to hide in the woods like some people want us to do, okay, they're going to pick us off one at a time. There's got to be a point, maybe not everybody, but there's got to be points where we can have beachheads, and one of them is in the media with an independent media distribution platform, but, you know, different organizations. Now we got the, it looks like we're going to get the Northern Alliance back with Robert Ranstall if they win their, uh, let's see, I got someone blocked up. Sorry, guest 10, guest 9. I was reading you guys, so I didn't see that you guys are blocked off coming in. Okay, that's the way I got it set. Sorry. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> that's why we got to support these guys. We got to support these things. We got to start getting vo- local, uh, vocal, local. Get our local governments back and everything, because you know the first thing that they go after, guys, is is the comptroller's office, because that's where all the accounting goes through. That's where the bills are paid through. That's where all the contract, all the information is about who's getting what money and all that kind of bullshit there. And you usually find a Jew or a traitor, okay, or a white traitor. Ours was uh, Divincenzo, and he was a double dipper on the. Uh, uh, insurance and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Paul and I did a show on the insurances, uh, the uh, pen, uh, state pensions, where I brought him up. Why? Because I know him personally. Not that we're buddies or anything, but uh, I know all about him. He was, uh, you know, an arch enemy, him and his people. Uh, the, he went with uh, the Zabu Dabu guy who who, who uh, split up the Italian vote and which got a black mayor in there and he got he was on his son became a tv uh personality years later and right on a tv interview he admitted that he got his money from the unions all they wanted to know that he wasn't tony at, uh that he had nothing to do with tony Pirelli. <laughs> and they gave him all the money and he said he got all the money he needed and he was a ward boss. So that's why you got to get him local. He's a ward boss of the Democratic Party. He was able to say who runs, who don't run, and all this kind of stuff there. And, uh, yeah, just split up. Well, Paul, what did I say? We lost by less by, by, by less than 1% on the runoff. I'm sure it was, it was still a scam, too, then, man. So yeah. it, it was going to happen regardless. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, say what you want about these Jews, but they, you know, they go at it at all angles to make sure they win. And, you know, so... I'm saying, we, you know, we got to step it up, man. We got to step it up, or guess what? Your kids are gonna have a, a horrible life. They're gonna have a horrible life, people. They're gonna have a horrible life. Forget about doing it for yourself or for me or, or Paul. Think about your kids. Think about exactly. your kids. Because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Anyway, Paul, I you know there's just still a lot more, uh, but people get the idea of how the depth of this goes. Okay, none of it's spontaneous. All of it is Jew funded. Again, if we can if we can identify the Jew and cut off the Jew funding, all these black organizations and communist organizations and homosexual organizations and feminist organizations, they all go away yeah. because they can't live without the money funding them. Yeah. And the Jews want to advocate them. Yeah, and, and then, like I say, and then the Soros stuff goes to the uh, uh, Soros hooking up with Van Jones years ago, and then he got in, you know, they started that color change. And, oh, I got the name of that writer, James Rucker. James Rucker was the guy that got whacked. He was a writer for that called groupsnoop.org. 
and that was another that was a that was a, a sister organization for color of change okay and the company that they these guys get their money i think it's laundered money and it's and it's like you like you say parking any information on the software or anything like that it's definitely registered it's under the sic is imana i m a n a dot inc out of san francisco and uh yeah so uh well another thing evil in san francisco man uh really even nixon said he he, he used to wash his hand when we should wash his hands after he shook any of their hands so you know <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh well you know on, on his tapes he talks about them right when you know, he, he was there a couple times and stuff like that because yeah. you know a lot of people think, oh, they went there and they must be one of them. Well, no, politicians got to go to all these different things and all these people because they're looking for money or support or whatever. I mean, you know, they're... I'm talking about uh, him going to the Bohemian Grove and saying, like, you know, the Bohemian Grove's not about a bag of ties, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I got, I got, I got a, uh, another uh, a link sent to me today. Ottawa cites hate crime laws when asked about a zero tolerance for Israel boycotters. So if you're gonna if you're gonna boycott Israel an apartheid state. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. This is in Canada people where, you know, oh it's so great and you know, uh you know, all this kind of stuff there. Okay, our brothers up there are getting squashed by this friggin' Marxist stuff. They're rolling over them with a velvet glove because they gave up their guns, you see. Okay, if they if they find out that you're going to boycott Israel, imagine that you have no choice here. Okay, zero tolerance. It's a hate crime. So that's what, that's what happened when you get hate crimes. Paul, we're going to have hate crimes because we don't want these poor kids, these poor people getting beat up and all this kind of stuff. See that this, this is how they put it in. You know, oh, there's a need for this, and then and then it it slowly morphs into its true form. And what is it? You can't criticize the Jew. That's okay. Right now. That's its final form. Every damn time. That's its final form. So uh let me check the uh yeah, Festi Islamic Medical Association of North America. No, that's not the same I know that that that's named that's that's how you get tricked. But you got to look up to the trade magazines and the trade journals, and you find out no, it's not the same. That's funny, Paul. How they can have two corporations with the same name registered? So that goes to show you there's something going on there, Paul. Right. Something going on there. So um, you know, but you know, when you do enough searching and everything, you know, stuff gets. You find these loose little things there, and that's what I found. And I went and checked, tried to look it up and everything. So you're great, that brother. You're the investigator, my friend. Yeah, you know, when I, when I got the time to get going, man, you know what I mean? I just, that's why, and it's a, it's a lot of time because you got to check anybody that's connected and reference with them. Okay, and then you look up their schools, where they lived, who had lived there before, who had gone to those, and you start seeing the circle and start making connections, and then you'll find out, well, this guy was associated with this guy, and now this this person coming up now, yeah, they're associated with that now too. So you know, you start to see the association, and it goes to show you how highly organized they are. 
They might want to make you think that they're unorganized and it's just a rag pass, and you know, because they they got the they got the stupid ass dumb uh, uh, foot soldiers, you know, these droids out there, gangs. Okay, because they're, these things, they might have some people out there who get sucked into protesting. Okay, then they've got the unions, then they got the gangs. I mean, you know, you heard Melissa. Who do they go? Oh, they're going to go. In the gangs, and that was one thing uh, Karki talked about years ago uh, with the um, the whole plan to take over the United States. They'll use the gangs to be the, the, the cannon father going through your front door to take your guns from you. So this is a very important step that the, uh, the bitch from uh, Baltimore is starting to the gangers, the the, bang, the gang bangers, the thugs. Yeah. Well, Paul, oh, it's, it's it's no, it's it's the Crips and the Bloods. They're peaceful now. They're together now and on TV. You know. And they they got a platform on that. That's they're they're the go-to guys now, Paul. If you want to know what's going on in the streets, you got to go to the to the to the Blood and the Crips. Uh, you know, amalgamation. You know. So. So they, yeah, exactly. They went in there and they just, you know, that's, you know, the mafia, you know, well, you know, let's stop fighting one another. We're going to divide the place up and all this kind of stuff there. And, uh, you know, everybody's going to get paid, guys. Everybody's going to get paid. Okay. And you don't have to worry about shooting yourselves. Just, you know, let, let, and sell your drugs and then let those low level people like Freddie Gray go out and push drugs and go killing each other and all that kind of shit there. Now, the police association are trying to get that brought off because of her uh, married to the uh, uh, city councilman as her husband, and uh, she's connected with different types to her family, different types of police organizations, stuff like that. And uh, there, and she has uh, now the the lawyer for this Gray's family. She is uh, related to the to the lawyer. Oh God! Right. So, <laughs> so, so the same. Well, you know, she she she's got to she's got to reprise herself. She, there's no, you know, she's gonna have to get someone else. Okay, mm-hmm. but as Melissa has shown us, they're gonna try and push this broad, okay, as some kind of political star. You see, because they want to push these. Octoroon, you know, I would say Loretta Lynch is a black woman. I mean, she's ugly as hell. But these other ones with their, uh, you know, uh, Octoroon features, and they're all pretty sick. They're sick-looking creatures, man. Ugly. I don't know what. They look like mice, okay, with uh, with their uh, uh, with weaves, okay? Okay, and, 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 and you see the channels. They're full of them, you know. One of them, go ahead. It'd be interesting uh, to do a DNA blood test to see how much comes back Kazan. Well, you know, a lot of those of uh, the big plantations were Kazars, and they're the ones, uh, you know, they came over in their ships and stuff like that, and, you know, who, and they were over there uh, examining them, and, you know, they brought them in and washed them up and all this kind of stuff. They're fattening them up for the trip across the. Uh, you know, the ocean, uh, remember, uh, 99% of them went to uh, South America. A very small percent came to America. And and then you had uh, uh, the ones that went with the uh, the Jews and the Arabs took to the Middle East there. 
uh, where they, they were smart. They got the guys there and they just uh, put, you know, they uh, made eunuchs out of them all. None of them lived to tell their tale. Okay, none of them lived to tell their tale. And uh, actually more that more had gone through that slave part of the, the slave trade then, uh, which went on for, uh, I don't know, a couple centuries, right? Then uh, the fraction that even of the large numbers that did go to South America, okay? So when we say South America, mainly Brazil. Yeah. And that's why in Brazil you have such a um, brownout of the uh, of the way. Yeah, it's where they, the Jews get the way. Just look to Brazil. Yeah, it's where they had the sugar plantations, Paul. Yeah, and it was the Portuguese Jews that imported them. Right. And what happened was when the Christian kicked out the Jews, they shut them there, and they came into South Carolina. Okay, so that's South Carolina, Charleston specifically, is, is a huge hatch for the Borg of the Jew. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, I was reading a story a long time ago about Cuba and 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 the plantations that they had there, the sugar plantations, and you know, twenty was an old age for a slave, and they worked them, they worked you to death, okay, and you know they had Irish slaves there too. It wasn't just black slaves, okay? They had Irish slaves, and uh, they had they had European slaves there too, so. There you go, because, you know, uh, the Barbary Coast was uh, uh, for years capturing ships and even going on land and raiding uh, Ireland and Scotland and places like that and grabbing uh, women and children. And before that, the uh, uh, the Northmen were uh, selling them as slaves from England over to uh, those markets. So this has been going on a long time there. So you, yeah, you've got that mixture there, and uh, uh, you'll always find uh, the money. Uh, that the thing that makes it go is the Jew. Okay, every time, every time, every time. That's why you, there's a you always got to find out who the Jew in the middle is because from him, all of it manmades. So if you cut the the Jew off his knees that he can't find it anymore, uh, then you can expect a lot of change. Because you'll start a lot of our agitators. Well, just like we found out tonight, Paul, you know, everybody looks for George Soros and and his organizations behind all this new stuff there, and you can't find a connection. But you can, if you look up his son and find his son through this Jewish fund and these different funds that, that he puts the money through, it's all right there. I mean, they've seen money for this uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. He was a seen money for it, and it's all there. A new hashtag. All matter, you raise assholes. Or, or, yeah. So, anyway, so uh, like I want to say again, uh, hopefully, well, I had a storm today, so I'm so I'm again apologize for being late. Uh, next week, uh, we will be broadcasting through at 8 at 8 p.m. same time but it'll be going through uh renegadebroadcasting.com we're asked to do the show through there and we're going to oblige them uh let people uh new people hear some of our information uh i've i've been on that network many times call in and stuff like that so 
I do know the people. Some, well, I, I know, not personally, but I know Kyle and the work he's done and all this kind of stuff. So we got an invite to do that. So uh, we'll be broad, it'll be broadcast through there. They're doing it through the Blog Talk platform. That's what they use. Plus, they stream through Shoutcast. So if you go to renegadebroadcasting.com, there's all the links are going to be there for to either go get it through the blog talk or get it through the uh uh you know uh shoutcast stream okay depending if you can't get the blog talk i know i have problems with their flash every now and then and uh it'll be a call and show and all that kind of stuff there they got numbers and all that kind of stuff there so and uh you know there, there's lots of two hours paul so you know if we can get something together well it depends if we get callers right but so we're going to have to go an hour and a half at least. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I got to see if, if it's going to go through me into there or uh, maybe if I can Skype into there. If I can Skype into there, Paul. Oh, yeah, you only got the phone. Well, we'll have to figure that out later. We'll have to one day next week sit down and talk how we're going to do this. And I'll sh- and I already got the show planned out and see what you think about it and everything else like that because uh, we're going to continue on with this Baltimore bullshit, okay? Just from another angle, okay? Because that's all we do. We bring out the bullshit, Paul. You know, sorry guys, and uh, you know, but I didn't even get halfway through that show. But you guys get the idea of what we're dealing with, right? So. I want to say to everybody, Paul, thanks for hanging on there, buddy. Uh, you you know if I'm not right on right away, there's something going on, a storm or something like that. So, Well, yeah, that's what I was hoping it was, man. So it was. Yes. Which is what, what went on. And to everybody else, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, good night. And as usual, good night and God bless. Okay. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.